Hey, good morning. Merry Christmas. It's great to have you joining us online this morning. And uh, so glad you're yeah, taking the time to worship with us and spend time uh, together as a family um, and with our greater family, CTK Online. So great to have you with us this morning. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, hey, I'm super stoked about the Christmas Eve drive-in service. We're going to do this thing. We're just going to try and make it happen and see what goes on. So I encourage you this morning, don't waste any time because there's not a lot of spots left, okay? We, we got limited parking, and so you need to go to the church website and just uh, register your family, register your vehicle if you're planning to come. And uh, it's going to be a sweet time on Christmas Eve. And then, as Blake just told us, we'll be live streaming as well, okay? So 7 o'clock. And then the other thing I just want to plug, too, we got our, our Sunday night uh, prayer support group meeting is at uh, 7 o'clock. So you're welcome to come and join us for that. So if you've got your Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to take a peek at the Christmas story this morning. And uh, as we get ready to do that, let's just pray as we come to God's Word. Lord, we just thank you for the chance to uh, gather, even if it's in this format, Lord, we're grateful that we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're grateful, Lord, that we can celebrate uh, the Christmas season, singing carols together. And Lord, we want to come and gather around you, just like the shepherds did, just like the wise men who came, Lord, we come to you this morning, Jesus, uh, to give you our affection, to give you our worship, to turn our heart towards you to turn our ear towards your word, asking, Lord, that you would speak to us and strengthen us, Lord, and encourage us by your word. And so, Lord, we just give you this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you know, I was just thinking, too, uh, just as I was praying, I felt like, you know, if you're watching on Facebook, you should just share the stream right to your own personal page. I encourage you to do that so that your friends and family members and coworkers and different people that you're connected with can, can join in and celebrate Christmas with us, okay? So take the moment to do that if you're on Facebook uh, with us, okay? So sweet, hey, I was just, I was thinking um, this week about how much I love Christmas. I totally love Christmas. I think increasingly, I mean, I'm a summer guy. I love shorts and flip-flops and ocean time on the Sunshine Coast, but uh, my other favorite time of year is Christmas, where we just gather to celebrate Jesus with our family. Uh, you know, we have all the wonder and excitement around Christmas and the decorations and the light and, of course, uh, the food. Who doesn't love the food? And uh, thinking this week, just I was kind of recalling over my life going, what are Christmases that stand out to me that I remember, whether it was from my childhood and times with my grandparents and cousins and extended family or my first Christmases with my wife where we celebrated and then having kids in our household and, and just, you love Christmas. I love all the traditions of Christmas and the times together and it's so sweet that one of the greatest things, the thing that makes Christmas so wonderful is that we celebrate Jesus. And so this morning we want to turn to the Christmas story and I want to just... Uh, Take another look at it. That's what we do this time of year. This is what it's about, gathering around Jesus. And, you know, we read the Christmas story. We find out that this is the record. This is how it all started. This is the testimony of Scripture that Caesar Augustus called that there would be a census, that all of the world should be registered. He was on his journey towards madness. He was emperor. He was king. He was considering himself priest among the Roman Empire. He was going to declare himself as God. And as he surveyed the 
expanse of his kingdom, he called everyone to be registered that was in the Roman Empire and all went to be registered at their own town. The Bible tells us that Joseph went from Galilee where he was living in this little town of Nazareth and he went to another little town called Bethlehem uh, to the city of David. It was in Judea. And he, w- uh, he himself, Joseph, was of the, the line of David. And so he went there to Bethlehem to be registered along with uh, the woman to whom he was betrothed, Mary. And the gospel accounts tell us that she was with child, very much with child, conceived of the Holy Spirit. And the time of God was right, the fullness of time. It was, and she would arrive in Bethlehem just at the right time to be able to give birth to that child in fulfillment of the scripture. And so while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to that uh, little baby, baby Jesus, her firstborn son. And the scripture tells us that she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in your Bibles, where I want to turn you to is uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and we're going to pick up the story here. It says this, In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went, went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. There it is, the great story of Christmas. Now I want to read to you just one more time, verse 10, it says this. And the angel said to them, this is the angel that appeared to these shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. First of all, I just love that message, fear not, fear not. Boy, don't we need to hear that in these days where fear has gripped the hearts of so many. What a a timely message is the Christmas story where the angel declared, fear not. In fact, the Bible, in the Bible we see this that 365 times it said that the Lord declares to his people or to an individual, fear not, 365 times. One for every day of the year because human beings always need this reminder from the Lord. Don't fear. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. And the angel said this, this is good news. I have to just ask you this this morning. Who's ready for good news? 
Man, amen. I'm so sick of bad news, man. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of media. I'm sick of social media. I'm sick of the news, aren't you? I've tuned the news out, man. Over the past number of weeks and months, just increasingly tuned out. I'm not paying attention. I'm not listening. I'm sick of bad news. Amen, aren't you? These angels brought good news. They said this, we have a message, and it is a message of great joy. Let me ask you this. Who is ready for a message of joy? Aren't you ready for a message of joy, of gladness, of delight, of happiness? Man, the, the adjective the angels used was, was, a, was great, great joy in the original language. That adjective is megas. It's a massive degree of intensity. This is unreal joy. They said, well, we are announcing to you. It was an announcement to the shepherds, and I just have to think, what a depressing life to be a shepherd. Come on, seriously, think about it. I think we love to imagine, you know, the simple life of tending sheep. But let's get realistic for a moment. These dudes were sleeping out in the fields with livestock. There's nothing romantic about that. You know, get over it. I'm telling you, these guys would rather be at home with their families. They would rather be at home sleeping in their own bed with their own wife. Instead, they're cuddled up with farm animals out in the fields. Man, like, I mean, think about it. Let me ask you, how many of you, if you had the choice tonight, if I said, here's your choice, would you like to go sleep in a field with sheep? Who would say yes to that? If you said yes, you're crazy. You are crazy. No one would say yes to that. And so these angels, this angel appears to these shepherds and he says this. This is a message of great joy. It means this. It's loud joy. It's loud. It's strong. It's mighty. It's great joy. Who needs some joy out there? Amen. Amen. Who needs the mass and weight of the joy of the Lord to come upon their lives? You know, Scripture says, That the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And the angel said this, For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I think about that, those things that are said about Jesus, that he's Savior, that he is Christ the Lord. The, The angel announced this coming of a Savior. Now the word Savior just simply means this. It means a deliverer. Say, what, a deliverer? Yeah, like I think of... A savior is one who sets their people free from danger and from difficulty and from captivity. Of course, the great example is is Moses. It's an example of rescue that Moses came as a deliverer and he rescued the people of God out of slavery in the land of Egypt. And so the angel announced a savior, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And I think... Well, yeah, okay, we understand that, that, you know, if we look at the story of Moses and the Israelites, that Israel was held captive to Egypt, but why? What what for? Why do we need a Savior? And I think that the answer, you know, as I just looked at this this week, I think the answer is connected to the praise of the heavenly host that appeared to the shepherds at this announcement of the birth of Jesus. Because we read here that at this announcement, suddenly 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. I don't know how big a multitude is. I'm like, is that tens? Is it dozens? Is it hundreds? Is it thousands? I don't know. In my mind, it's massive. It's a big, large number of angels that appeared. And I imagine hundreds upon hundreds of of these angels forming a heavenly choir, this multitude of a heavenly host, and their voices rang out. That's what the scripture tells us. And they began to sing this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest. You know that when we look at scripture and when we consider the creation account and God's design for mankind, mankind from the very beginning, by the very essence of God's design, human beings are created for worship. That's what we're made for. Created to worship and created for worship. In the creative order of God's design on earth, in the universe, men and women were made to worship. Men and women are unique in that sense in in terms of all of God's creation that our purpose is to give praise to God on behalf of creation. We're designed for praise, designed to worship, but specifically we were created to worship God, to worship the one who made us, to evaluate that God is worthy and God is deserving of highest praise and to give to the creator the praise of our lips and the praise of our lives. And this declaration of the angels clarifies to us that God is worthy of highest praise. Highest praise. They said glory to God in the highest. And they said this, the outcome of this, that as we give to God the glory that is due his name, the fruit, the result, the outcome is peace amongst men upon whom his favor rests. Peace. I was thinking about that. I love the peace of God. I love the peace of God. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. The Bible tells us, and and I hope you know by experience, that the peace of God can rule over your heart, and the peace of God can rule over your mind. It's amazing. And it can rule over your heart and over your mind, and it's independent of whatever you're experiencing in life. It's not a peace that is dependent on outward circumstance, but, but inward reality. It is independent of life experience, this peace. There could be chaos around you. But there can be peace inside your heart and inside your mind. Peace with God, peace of God. And the peace of God does not need ideal circumstances to rule. Because you know what? Nobody has an ideal life. You have an ideal life. I don't have an ideal life. Certainly not the shepherds. They needed basics like a shower, like a bed to sleep in, like a roof over their head. It was not an ideal life. No one has an ideal life. Those guys, they smell like a farm. But the angel declared to them this multitude of heavenly hosts and glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now for this to be the case according to the Christmas account, the birth narrative, it said for God to receive glory in the highest and for you to have peace and know the favor of God, 
You have to do this. You have to assign to Jesus the value the Father has assigned to him. The Father has given to him a title, a name, an assignment because of who he is and what he has done. The angel said this, that Jesus is a Savior, the Savior. The angel said, Jesus is Christ the Lord. So that means this, that for God to be glorified and for us to experience the promise of peace, we have to assign to Jesus that which God has assigned to him. We have to be able to say, our Savior, my Savior, Jesus, my Savior. You see, Jesus is the Christ, the Lord. He's my Lord. This is the key to peace. This is the key to harmony in life, obtaining harmony in life. You know, we know what it is like to, to hear someone singing and they're, they're out of harmony with the rest of the choir. I wonder if there was any tone-deaf angels in that, uh, in that heavenly multitude. The most embarrassing thing is to find out, you know, when you're singing with a group, that you're out of harmony, that you're the tone-deaf one. You know, I, I personally just make up for that by singing louder. That's what my kids say. You just sing louder, Dad. I'm like, yeah, it's true. You know, harmony... The Bible says that there can be harmony, there can be peace between God, the creator, and his creation, mankind. And harmony means this. Harmony with God is to be in agreement with God. Like two singers singing together in harmony. You know, I think of an instrument like a guitar to be in harmony, the individual strings are tuned so that, the, so that with a strum, harmony is produced between the strings. And in life, in the spiritual life, you've got to be in the right key. And Jesus is the key that produces harmony with God. To acknowledge Jesus as Savior, as Christ the Lord, is to give to God glory in the highest. And when God is given glory in the highest, He does this. He gives peace to men who are on earth. Peace. Peace to those with whom he is pleased. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Give glory to God in the highest and peace will break out in your life, in your heart, in your mind. But when you give highest praise, when you give the highest praise that is due to God, to something other than God, this happens. Your life goes out of tune like a guitar out of tune, like life out of key, harmony is lost. And, and the result is this, peace is lost. Peace is lost. There's a disintegration of peace in your heart and in your mind and in your life and in the world around you. In fact, it's been said this, I heard this this week and I really loved it, that sin is nothing but praise gone wrong. Because you're made to praise. You're made to worship. And I like that. Sin is praise gone wrong. The angel said, give glory to God in the highest. You know, my kids and my family, we, we love to be home at Christmas. I don't know what it is. It's like, that seems to be the case more and more and more. You know, if we ever talk about going away at Christmas, my, our kids push back. They say, we just want to be home. We just want to be at home because there's something about home at Christmas time. There's comfort, you know. There's familiarity, there's your stuff, there's security. It's just, 
Like, you know your way around and you can just rest because you're at home. You know that Jesus said this, that we're to abide in him. That means this, that we're to make him our home. That the place where we dwell, just like we dwell in our houses at Christmas time, the place where we dwell spiritually is in a person. And like my kids at Christmas who like to be home, spiritually we make our home in Christ. But sin, when we, like, when we go out of harmony with the Lord, when we get out of tune, out of key, sin is to turn from that. It's to essentially say to God, I'm not abiding. I'm not hiding in you. I'm not dwelling in you. I'm, I am going to make my home somewhere else rather than you, Lord. I choose to make something else, someone else, to be the source of my comfort. They're the place where I go to feel secure, to find my satisfaction, to find my identity, to feel like home. And sin, in a, in a sense, I guess, is a suspension, a cutting short. The Bible says it's a falling short. It's a violation of God's glory and His design for you. And with regards to harmony, it's listening, I would say, it's like listening to a lower voice. Instead of tuning in on the high voice of God, we listen to the low voice of self, of the flesh, of the world, of the devil, and it leads to a disintegration of peace and order in our lives. You know, I think of the story of Cain and Abel, the sons of Adam, the first Adam, brothers. The Bible tells us that Cain was a worker of the ground, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and in Due time, they brought to the Lord their sacrifices, their offerings, their tithes. And Cain brought to the Lord, uh, as a worker of the ground, an offering of his fruits and his produce. But the Bible tells us that it wasn't his best. It wasn't his first fruit. Just something he just pulled together and presented it to the Lord. I don't know if it was rotten stuff or what the deal was, but it wasn't his best. Abel, on the other hand, also brought an offering, but to the Lord as a keeper of sheep, he brought his firstborn. He brought the fat portions, the best of what he had, the best of what God had blessed him with. The Bible tells us that the Lord had regard for the offering of Abel, but for Cain and his offering, the Lord had no regard. And Cain was angry about that. And the Lord said to him, why are you angry? You know, if you do well, you'll be accepted. Bring me your best. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is to to rule over you, but you must rule over it. And you know the story. In his anger, Cain lured his brother Abel into into the field, and he killed him in cold blood. It's a terrible, tragic, awful story, the first murder in the history of the world. And the first murder, when you think about it, was all about praise gone wrong. Praise gone wrong. Cain did not give to God glory in the highest. It was praise gone wrong. And our giving glory to God in the highest has to do with our response to Jesus and the value that we attribute to Jesus. Jesus is Savior, the angel said. Jesus is Christ the Lord. That's what the angel said. That's what the Bible makes known. That's the message that we preach. This is the true 
meaning and message of Christmas. It's what God declares. The Lord said about Jesus, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. But when praise goes wrong, sin says this, I won't listen. Sin says, I won't live by your commands. Sin says, I I don't care about the message that is preached. Sin says, I will not abide and make my home in Jesus. I turn from that. I decide for myself to, to listen to a lower voice than the word of God. To listen to a lower voice than the angels. To listen to a lower voice than the message of the church or the gospel or a lower voice than God. Sin says, I determine. I determine what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. And this pattern, we know it goes all the way back to the garden with our first parents, Adam and Eve. When man as creature said to the creator by their action, We will determine what is good and evil on our own terms. And the result is disintegration of relationship, broken relationship, peace gone, loss of peace, loss of identity, loss of security, loss of knowing where home is anymore. They lost their, Adam and Eve lost their sense of home. And God would say to us, don't determine good and evil on your own terms. I want you to live with me forever because I love you. I sent my son to save you this morning. We're celebrating Advent, the candle of love, because Christmas is a story of God's love. And the Lord sent His Son to save us from ourselves. And Jesus is announced to be a a Savior, a Deliverer from sin's power and sin's consequence. Jesus came to rescue us so that as those who are created to worship, we would assign praise in the right direction to the one who's only, who alone is worthy of highest praise. Glory to God in the highest. He's a savior, the angel said. The angel said he is Christ, the Lord. Christ, the anointed of God. That's what the word Christ means, Messiah or anointed, God's anointed one. And I think about that, you know, often you go, anointed, anointed for what? What was Jesus anointed for? If God chose him, what was Jesus chosen for? Well, he was chosen to be Savior, God's chosen instrument to deliver us from sin's power and sin's penalty, but the angels also declared that he was chosen to be Lord, chosen by God to be Lord. The Father chose that all things would belong to Jesus, his Son. The Father chose that that all things would belong to his Son and that the Son would be the sovereign Ruler over all, King Jesus. The Father chose the Son, and He anointed Jesus, His Messiah. And the angels knew this. As we read this, we we, we see this, that the angels were absolutely certain of this. The angels had no question with regards to this. 
They had no conflict with regards to this. No, what did they do? They praised God. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. I love that because you see in that that there's a, there's a direction. It's something is pointed towards heaven and something happens on earth in that statement. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, peace with those with whom he is pleased. Heavenly praise with an earthly outcome. To heaven, they said glory to God in the highest, worshiping God. Heaven-directed praise. And they said this, that heaven-directed praise is the correct response to acknowledging that Jesus is Savior and Christ is Lord. You know, at Christmas, do you know that's why we sing? That is why we sing at Christmas. We're directing, it's the proper response to the fact that Jesus is Savior and that He is Christ the Lord. That's why Christmas is celebrated with carols and Christmas songs. Love them this morning. Love the Christmas songs the worship team was leading us in. Because it's the natural reaction of those who were designed to praise. You were designed to worship. And so when we acknowledge who Jesus is, the, the response is this. We assign to heaven highest worth. Glory to God. The New Testament says, be filled with the Spirit. Address one another in psalms and hymns. And make melody singing in your heart to the Lord. Heaven-directed praise. But then there's an earthly outcome. The angel said, on, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. On, on, on men, may there be peace. May his favor rest on his creation. Think about that peace. To me, it's like order. Everything coming into its place. Things properly and rightly ordered. A life rightly ordered. And the angel said, this is, this is good tidings of great joy. It's not, it's not just peace, but it's joy. It's delight for you. It's gladness. When earth and heaven, when God and man are rightly aligned, and men serve the Savior, Christ the Lord. Well, see, our job is to give right praise to God. Our job is to give right praise to God on behalf of all of creation. It's Christmas. Let us worship. Let us assign to Him glory. Let us declare Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior of the world. Well, what did these shepherds do? Take a peek again at verse 15 with me. It says this. They said, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I love this because I just think this. They took the opportunity to get out of Dodge, man. Let's get out of this field. We're hanging out with these stinky sheep. We got good news. Let's go find out if these things are true. Let's go see these things that have happened that the Lord has made known to us. And the shepherds went to investigate for themselves. And they went to find this babe. This baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and, and placed in a manger, in a feeding trough. Now that's amazing because one of the magical things about Christmas is having everything just right. Is your house like that? 
My house is like that. You want the experience of Christmas to be just right. The Christmas lights just right. Strung just right. The tree and all of its beauty, just right. The decorations hung there with care, as we say, and the lights evenly spread. The tree's got to be just right. The Christmas dinner, it's got to be just right. That nicely carved bird and all the trimming, it's got to be just right. All the familiar traditions that we reenact year after year, nothing out of place. That's what we love about Christmas. Just put it in its place and let's, let's relive the, the customs of Christmas, family traditions, and everything just right because just right is part of the wonder, part of the excitement of Christmas. But the angels, they announced the coming of the Savior of the world, Christ the Lord. But the reality was that this was not a neatly ordered nativity scene with everything just right. A manger was not the the neatly ordered fairy tale location for the birth of any baby, let alone the birth of the Savior of the world. And shepherds, of course, as we know, they were not You know, a human choice to be the first witnesses of such things. And it's a wonderful picture as we read the Christmas story of the Lord of glory coming into a broken, messed up, hurting world. Jesus born into the midst of disorder, coming in humility, the Savior of the world. Where there was no peace, He came as the Prince of Peace came to restore mankind to God's intended purpose, to make the broken whole, to set the captive free, to reveal the love of God to those who were unloved, to bring healing to the brokenhearted, release for the captive, for the one who's in bondage, set them free, order for the disorder of their life, Strength for the weak, beauty for ashes, the scripture says. Garment, a garment of praise for people who were faint in spirit. Good news for the poor. At his coming, the blind saw, and the lame leapt, and the dead were raised, and the favor of God was on the earth. Good news, great joy for all. See, the gospel of Jesus, the message of Christmas, is for the brokenhearted. It's for the poor. It's for the unloved. The message of Christmas is for the one depressed and fighting anxiety, the one hurting and lonely, the fatherless, the widow, the hungry. It's not a neatly ordered fairy tale as much as we just love everything in its place. It is the truth of a Savior for a world that desperately needs Him. Good news of great joy. The shepherds were so stunned by everything that they heard and and had seen, they, they rushed off. It was too good to be true. But they went, and Luke just tells us, they found everything just as they had been told. Emmanuel had come. 
into the filth, and into the mess of this world, love had come. And it says in verse 17, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I love it. They, they made it known. They made known the things that were said about this child. That's what we're doing this morning. I'm telling you, Jesus is the Savior. It's a message of good news and great joy. And this is the reality for everyone who comes to discover the truth of Jesus. I would tell you this. Jesus is better than anything I've ever been told about him. Jesus is better than anything that was ever declared to me. And Jesus is to be experienced, to be enjoyed. His presence is to be known. His peace is to be felt. This is not just a story. This is not just a message. Jesus is a life to be lived. He's a place where you can make a home, where you can dwell, where you can abide. Jesus is to be loved and to be praised. Let me tell you this. Jesus is home. Oh, if you're looking for a home this Christmas, Jesus is a home. Jesus is Christmas. Jesus is Christmas. He is Savior. He is Christ. He is God's anointed. He is Lord. And let me tell you this about Jesus. He loves you with an, <laughs> a love that is so intense and insane and amazing. He loves you. And the Bible tells us that God did not send His Son, His Son Jesus, that He sent that all those years ago into Bethlehem. He did not send Him into the world to condemn the world. But He sent Him in order that the world might be saved through Him because the world is in need of salvation. The world is in need of a Savior. And the Bible tells us that whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. You're, you're already condemned. That's what that scripture tells us. It's sin. You assign praise in the wrong direction. But Jesus has come to restore. Jesus has come to heal. Jesus has come to save and whoever believes in him will not be condemned. And we have to come out of the darkness, so to speak. We have to come out of the darkness of that which is false praise and false worship because highest praise belongs to God and sin is praise gone wrong. And God wants to give you his peace and his peace will bring order into your life. Disorder, let me just say this, you know, if there's disorder in your life this Christmas season and all the things going on in the world and you sense in your life that there's disorder, it points to the fact that praise has gone wrong in your life. If there's internal disorder in your heart, if there's disorder in your mind, that is telling you that your worship has been pointed in the wrong direction. Let me tell you, give glory to God in the highest. By calling Jesus Savior and Lord. Worship God by confessing Jesus. Man, if you're on with us this morning, I'm just like pumped to have you here.
And I want to say, are you broken? Are you hurting? Are you angry? Anxious? I don't know, depressed, lonely? Then come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. That baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and placed in a manger grew to be a man and his great love because of his great love for his father and because of the father's great love for you, Jesus went to the cross and Jesus died for the sin of mankind that he might save us. The savior of the world actually went to a cross and died and was buried in a tomb and raised from the dead and sin has no hold on him. And sin has no hold on anyone who serves him. And death has no hold on him. And he has the authority and the power to forgive you and to grant you eternal life and to forgive all who would come to him. And you know what's so awesome about that? Your life can be that messy stable, like, you know, like the one where he was born. And the Lord wants you to know, no matter how bad the mess, no matter what bad things you've done, no matter the guilt you carry, no matter the self-hatred that you have, if you come to Jesus, Jesus will save you. Jesus will save you and he will give you his peace and he'll begin to put things back in order. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior is born, has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And that multitude appeared, and the heavenly choir rang out, and they sang, sang to God, glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace among men upon whom his favor rests. This Christmas, we celebrate a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have come. You came, Jesus, to seek and to save the lost, to search out the hurting, the broken, the captive, the anxious, the depressed, the lonely, the one whose life was so dis, uh, is in such disorder because of the things they had done, they, they hated themselves. Jesus, you came to seek them out and to save them. Lord, this morning we thank you for the Christmas story. We pray, Lord, that our lives would be properly ordered, that we give glory to God in the highest, by calling you our Savior and Lord, and that we would experience the peace of God that brings order to our hearts and to our minds. Uh, hey, I want to give you this opportunity this morning. If you're watching online with us and you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ, you know, why not this Christmas? You know, the best gift that God could give you is his son Jesus, and the best gift that you could give to God is to give yourself to Jesus. And so, like I said, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, no, no matter what kind of guilt you're packing, pain you're carrying, you need to know this. Jesus is a Savior. He's come to 
lead you out of that, to set you free from that, and he can forgive you of your sin. And, I, and so I just want to pray with you. I invite you to pray with me right, right at home, online with me where you are. Would you pray with me to invite Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of your life? Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I give you my heart and my life. I confess you are Savior. I confess you are Christ the Lord. I know, Jesus, that you came to die for me that you were raised from the dead and that if I'll turn my life over to you, you will save me and forgive me and fill me with your peace. Jesus, I invite you into my life. In your name, amen.